think that President Biden's age has finally caught up to him at all? Absolutely not. I think the president is great. I look, I'm proud to be supporting him, and I don't even know why you asked that question. Do you think he has the stamina to finish a second term if he were? Yes, I do. And please don't bother me with such frivolity, okay? Ah, that's Nancy Pelosi being imperious as usual. Don't bother me with such frivolity. She then fell asleep right in front of the reporter there. Just, just nodded right off. She was standing. Fell asleep, snoring out loud. Nanny Pelosi. Well, happy Thursday to you and, and welcome. You know, we're going to do mailbag today because I kind of, uh, I muffed it yesterday, didn't I? Yes, I did. I've got an update for you on the Wuhan Red Death, also known as COVID. But really, I think everybody calls it the Wuhan Red Death now, don't you think? What with the T-shirts and the coffee mugs and everything. And, and uh, we're at the point now where I think every person on the planet Earth all 8 billion of us, supposed to be 8 billion of us now, but who's counting? You know, you can't trust the people counting. 8 billion people, 8 billion human beings on Earth. I think every one of the people on Earth should have one of my uh, I Survived the Wuhan Red Death t-shirts with the bat on it. It's got a great bat on your chest and the I Survived the Wuhan Red Death because I think we got past that. I've had it twice. My best girl has had it twice. Uh, we have coffee mugs, too since we're talking about that, and <laughs> and all kinds of good I Survived the Wuhan Red Death T-shirts and coffee mugs. Uh, people love them. The kids love them. The grandparents love them. Liberals love them. Liberals don't love anything except death. That's uh, that's basically the thing. And theft. They love kleptocracy. They, they like that. Uh, but there's a big update, a big update on the Wuhan Red Death, and a, a, couple, a couple of news organizations are actually covering the uh, big breaking news on the Wuhan Red Death, but but not all of them. Not the Washington Post. The Washington Post is not covering. They're not covering Joe Biden's $5 million bribe scheme scam and the cover-up at the FBI because they're, let's face it, they're not a news organization at all, are they? No, they're not. It's a, a left-wing front group and nothing more. The Washington Post, it is a... Uh, it's just it's a Democrat um, uh, press release every day, and they cleanse and sanitize the paper so that uh, nobody in the Washington, D.C. area actually has any idea what's going on. And this is where the policymakers are, so it works out very well for them. Now, there is a, a journalist and author by the name of Michael Schellenberger, who is very much in the middle of this story, the latest update. But um, gosh... A new report, a new report has come out, and it's very important because it traces the origins of the Wuhan Red Death to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and they found what we like to call patient zero. That goes back to, uh, well, it's a, it is an epidemiological term that is used but uh, uh, beyond HIV AIDS, but it was a quest for years and HIV AIDS to find patient zero, the origin of that. And now patient zero on the Wuhan Red Death on COVID-19 is, it turns out, stand by, surprise, surprise, drum roll, please. 
The Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, where the Wuhan Chinese were studying bat-borne coronaviruses. And we, thanks to Dr. Anthony Fauci and others in the U.S. government, were providing them with, it turns out, more than $1.4 million. And they were working on gain-of-function research, which means you take an already existing virus and you alter uh, the virus so that it becomes more contagious, so that it gains function. It uh, can be communicated more easily. They do this in biological warfare circles. Now, the New York Post has the story, even if the Washington Post doesn't. Wuhan lab scientists researching coronavirus were the first to contract COVID-19 New report concludes, scientists conducting conducting research on novel coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were the first humans to contract COVID-19, according to a new report. Patients zero, that's plural, patients zero. Now, really only one can be zero, but never mind that. Included Ben Hu, Ping Yu, and Yang Three. See, now these are the three people who were the first ones. Said, Scientists researching SARS-like, the severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS-like viruses at the Institute, according to an investigation by journalists Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi. You remember him from the, uh, the Twitter, Jack Dorsey, then... Thankfully, Elon Musk investigation of all the political corruption, the Democrat Party, the FBI. These guys are truth seekers, truth tellers, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, published in the Substack newsletter known as Public. The three scientists were researching gain-of-function experiments with the, uh, with the virus, the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus, which increases the infectiousness and makes pathogens stronger in order to better understand their dangers. Now we better understand their dangers. They've attributed more than 7 million deaths worldwide to the Wuhan Red Death, the COVID, the coronavirus, um, uh, the, which is a SARS-CoV, COV, COV is uh, CO for corona, V for virus, 19, 19th variant, uh, and they were working on that and bat-borne viruses. And, and by the way, the bats involved in the research do not exist within 500 or 600 miles of the city of Wuhan and therefore the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So they had to go get them. So this whole idea that it came out of nature was a big lie to begin with. I started putting the pieces together uh, very early on, and um, I, I like to think I have a lot of common sense and I have a pretty good BS meter because I've been in Washington for a long time now. And and it was obvious. It was honestly like a really easy card trick from the very beginning. Oh, what a coincidence. It came out of Wuhan, where they have the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and they're trying to blame the wet market where the poor people in the middle class get their food. And we're like, oh, really? Did they bring in bats from 600 miles away, uh, take their viruses, uh, put them through gain-of-function processes, and then loose them on the world from the Wuhan wet market. It never made any sense. It didn't add up from the get-go, and we were being lied to. So, And now the first three people to have gotten this particular variant, 
the SARS-CoV-19, were scientists, coincidentally, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology that were working on gain-of-function research having to do with coronaviruses, bat-borne coronaviruses. Gee, gosh, I don't know. The no details were revealed about four months after FBI Director Christopher Wray said that uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation believes that the horrific COVID-19 virus responsible for millions of deaths worldwide likely originated from an accidental outbreak at the Chinese lab. Now, let's go to some audio here because the journalist Michael Schellenberger is a truth seeker, as is Matt Taibbi, and as you know, in Washington, nothing gets you in trouble like the truth, more and more in the United States of America, and with our corrupt media, nothing gets you in trouble like the truth. So Michael Schellenberger uh, on the subject and his investigation uh, last night. Not only did we confirm that the virus came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, we also were able to name the first three people sickened by the virus. And I just named them for you, uh, you know, uh, uh, one hung low, IP Daily and the, and, the, and the gang, Michael Schellenberger. It's outrageous that we didn't know this until now, that it had to be leaked to reporters rather than having the government, the U.S. government, which has apparently known this for quite some time, come clean about this. When did the United States government know this? When did Anthony Fauci know this? When did EcoHealth Alliance know this? It's very hard to believe that these three scientists got sick and that senior members of the American medical establishment did not know that. It is impossible to believe, and uh, they're explaining that they have confirmed this by way of leaks to them because they're kind of famous for being reliable journalists and truth-tellers and being able to maintain the confidentiality of their sources. And so they had the information and the confirmation leaked to them from, based on my deductive reasoning of the situation here, from sources inside the government with the documentation, these sources are keeping the information from the American public because the lie must continue. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So uh, let's go now to, uh, you may remember, a couple of months ago, February 28th, earlier this year, the FBI director, Christopher Wray, talking to Brett Baer at the Fox News Channel. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Most likely a potential. A lot of uh, uh, Washington weasel words, qualifiers. So if you're under oath later on, you can say, well, I... You know, it's like the letter written by the 51 intelligence people. They didn't actually say what they appeared to say. They just left everyone with that impression so the headlines would say what they wanted the headlines to say. Uh, And now, gosh, it uh, turns out the uh, U.S. government had plenty of reason to believe that several researchers inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick in autumn of 2019 before the first identified case of the outbreak the symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and common seasonal illnesses. The uh, department stated in a now-archived fact sheet published January 15th of 2021. So the government uh, knows this stuff. It's like the Joe Biden documents. They sit on them for years and years. 
You may remember Anthony Fauci, uh, St. Anthony. I've got him on a votive candle at home. Uh, I think Actually, my best girl may have peeled off the Anthony Fauci <laughs> likeness, looking like a saint. Anthony Fauci, April 17th of 2020, President Trump was uh, still in the White House. Fauci was uh, parading and prancing around and, uh, and telling us untruths. Totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. No, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was a, an altered virus, altered in a laboratory. And that was established pretty early on, too. And then that was buried as well. Fauci, July 22nd of 2022, more than two years after the first untruth. We have an open mind, but it looks very, very much like this was a natural occurrence. That is uh, not true. It didn't look like that. Uh, there were scientists all over the place saying that was not the case. We now know that was not the case. Anthony Fauci talking to Laura Ingram, February of 2020. Laura, let, let me explain. The Chinese scientists we've dealt with, I've dealt with myself personally for years, if not decades. I have faith that they are not distorting things. So you're satisfied with all of the transparency coming out of China today about the trajectory of the disease and the origin of the disease. I cannot say that I am satisfied with every single bit of information, but I can tell you in my direct interaction with Chinese scientists and Chinese health officials that I can believe what they're telling me. More weasel words uh, where later on you can take it back and say, well, I didn't really say what it appeared I said. Uh, if you parse my sentence, you'll see that I left myself a lot of wiggle room there. But it is the impression with which everyone was left, thanks to Anthony Fauci. And uh, there is a Republican senator from Kansas by the name of Roger Marshall who was uh, talking about this topic yesterday after the story broke. We now can show everybody that what Dr. Fauci was telling us, what China was telling us, what the World Health Organization was telling us was a big lie. And they knew it was a lie all along. And they knew it was a lie all along, and I knew it was a lie all along, and I was telling you here all along that it was a lie all along. And then you may remember the media at the time. They, uh, they said some truly extraordinary things that were all untrue, and I've got uh, that for you coming up as well. Breaking news for all my fellow Americans. Biden's dangerous plan to force Americans into a digital dollar goes live in a matter of weeks. No matter what they're telling you, listen up. It's not something that's going to help you or any of us. If you don't take action today, it might be too late. The Federal Reserve will be deployed in phases, with the initial launch taking place July 1st of 2023, weeks now. It's called Fed Now, and many Americans are going to be completely surprised by this, taken off guard. Everything you've ever worked for is at stake. But there is a way for we Americans to legally opt out of the digital dollar before it's too late. Time to call my friends at American Alternative Assets to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will educate you on how you can protect yourself from the failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Call them today at 888-4-GOLD-20. The number 4, GOLD-20. Call them right now, 888-446-5360. Don't let Biden force you to use the government's new digital dollar. Call 888-4-GOLD-20. Call them at 
888-446-5360. Individual results may vary. There's no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. See your, seek your own legal, tax, investment, and financial advice before opening an account. Yeah, so uh, now the, you know, the, the bat is out of the bag. And I've got more for you coming right up. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You know, we should post, and uh, and we'll do that. I'll uh, let's talk to Kevin and get Kevin to post the uh, the original original by Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi and and Alex Gutentag, three reporters on the story. The Wuhan Institute of Virology. You may remember. Uh, let's go to segment number ten. The news media lied to us about this, and they attacked anyone that told the truth. Joe Scarborough, Morning Joke, MSDNC. Don't try to spool up. Uh, some of whoever was wearing tin, tinfoil hats in your audience. These conspiracy theorists are still saying things that are going to be extraordinarily dangerous for this country. Dangerous. That, uh, that uh, came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in uh, February of 2020. If you told the truth, you were the villain. MSDNC Chris Hayes, May of 2020. A lot of people on the right love that phrase, escape from the lab, because it sounds like something from a Marvel movie or a comic book. But uh, you're just a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist on uh, CNN. Uh, fried zucchini, uh, also known as Fried Zakaria, March of 2020. The far right has now found its own virus conspiracy theory. The far right has found its own f- uh, that it's a conspiracy theory that it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and it turns out the government had documents all along. <clears throat> showing that the uh, first cases were three scientists working on coronaviruses in the Wuhan Institute of Virology in 2019. But surprise, surprise, they didn't tell the truth. And then the media jumped in with it, you know, because they're part of the Democrat Party. And uh, they attacked anyone that spoke the truth. I happened to be one of those people. Uh, Because there are still a few reporters left in the world, um, and Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi among them, along with Alex Gutentag, 
First people sickened by COVID-19 were Chinese scientists at Wuhan Institute of Virology, say U.S. government sources, and they lay the story out uh, very cogently and very intelligently, and it's well-written, which is increasingly unusual as well. Uh, Jamie Metzel is a former member of the World Health Organization. He's an experts advisory committee on human genome editing. I used to do that, but now I do this. <laughs> and uh, Jamie Metzel was, uh, was asked about this yesterday, an expert World Health Organization on all this good stuff. And uh, here's Jamie Metzel. It looks more and more uh, like there was an accident followed by a criminal cover-up. And that's why the, these allegations that this is just something that just came randomly out of nature are increasingly absurd, and we need to keep digging to get to, to the right answer. But all the evidence is leaning towards a research-related origin for the pandemic. Yeah, since we found the first three people to have gotten the Wuhan Red Death. You may remember that NBC Fake News uh, dispatched individuals to the city of Wuhan, China, to go do propaganda for the Chinese Communist Party. And they went and they spoke to a Chinese communist who is engaged in a cover-up of what happened in Wuhan. And NBC Fake News in 2020, they sent a reporter, Janice Mackey. No one's ever heard of her. She might have died in Wuhan. Nobody knows. Uh, NBC News reporter went to Wuhan to, to so they could lie to the world. NBC News was granted the first independent media access. While there's some skepticism about the lab's claims, five leading virologists familiar with lab protocols told us it's improbable that the virus was made or escaped. Some skepticism. It's, it's unlikely. They, they have five. They have multiple. And, you know, they, that's a number. And they're experts. They always tell us they have experts that, on these things. And uh, NBC, um, Janice Mackie Freyer. I'm sorry, Mackie Freyer. She's got multiple names. In uh, 2021, uh, then went on and on about this because she was the expert. She had already been to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Mystery surrounds the high security lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology that handles the world's most dangerous pathogens, making it the target of conspiracy theories about the origin of the virus. Conspiracy theories. So you're 100% confident there was no leak, no accident? I'm confident there's no leak. 100%. 100%. Now, if you can't take the word of a Chinese communist researcher at the Wuhan Institute of Virology as to whether there was a leak from the Chinese communist-run Wuhan Institute of Virology that led to the deaths of millions of people, then whose word can you take, really? I mean, how cynical do you have to be? NBC fake news. The Institute granted NBC News the first independent media access to the lab. Yuan Zheming is the director. We had not encountered this novel coronavirus before, he says. Without having this virus, there's no way that it could be leaked from the lab. Now, Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi, according to multiple U.S. government officials interviewed as part of a lengthy investigation, the first people infected by the virus, patients zero, include Ben Hu, a researcher who led the Wuhan Institute of Virology's gain-of-function research on SARS-like coronaviruses, which increases the infectiousness of diseases. More than three years after the pandemic's outbreak, many around the world had given up learning the origin of the SARS-CoV-2 highly infectious respiratory virus, and uh, that has killed millions. And uh, now uh, it turns out that it's, you know, like that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they bring the, the Ark of the Covenant on a forklift to the back of a big government warehouse. 
uh, where they have like Joe Biden's um, uh, uh, documents about taking millions of dollars. And it turns out that's where they kept the Wuhan Institute of Virology information about, hey, wait a minute, the first people to get the Wuhan were in the Wuhan Institute of Virology and they were working on gain-of-function research on bat-borne coronaviruses. That's your, that's your U.S. government. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we're supposed to have a free and fair and independent news media, the Fourth Estate, that will hold their feet to the fire and hold them accountable. But that is uh, less and less the case. Okay. All right, so we got that going. Let's, uh, let's take a, a phone call. I, I need to, today, because I, I'm playing catch-up from yesterday, I have to get to the, the uh, mailbag as well. Right now, let's go to Will calling from Washington, D.C. Will, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, I was wondering if we could get a Mod Squad baseball cap that says that's that on it. A Mod Squad ba- that says that's that. You're making reference to my Newsmax television show, 9 p.m. Eastern time every night where uh, as we uh, come, uh, uh, we bring segments to an end, I say, that's that. That's what you're referring to, am I right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're watching the Newsmax show, I can tell. Love it. Is that right? Oh, good. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is, uh, you know, we're still new. We're still new. We're still, uh, still I think, tweaking and, and getting better, I think, uh, Will. Uh, yep. If you asked me, I think it's getting better and better. We're... Uh, you know, still uh, building up uh, relationships and um, on air and off air and all that stuff. But uh, but I love Newsmax and I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's going great. Thank you for the for the suggestion. Another baseball cap. That's uh, that's fun. Thank you, Will. Okay. Let's go to uh, let's go to Paul calling from Baltimore, Maryland. Paolo, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. Uh, great job on Newsmax. I started uh, <clears throat> watching it couple uh a week or so ago and uh, just really like it um you you make me cringe every time you say a panhandler panhandling broadcasting uh because my initials are papa bravo sierra but <laughs> you know but in any case hey listen this guy who said you know you can believe me uh 100 uh his name is who flung dung now the re- <laughs> The, re- the reason for my call was on Memorial Day, um, I saw a picture of a Maxim heavy machine gun um, as they were talking about the re- returning of remains of a recipient of the Medal of Honor from Korea. Mm-hmm. And when they flashed this machine gun, uh, and I know that you know what I'm talking about with that shield that they have on the front of it, I thought... Hey, somebody has got to do a better job at Newsmax editing this kind of stuff. So I think that you ought to apply for that job. <laughs> for uh, uh, checking and reviewing the video before it airs. You're damn right. That's a big job at any network, isn't it? <laughs> well, you can tell just the military uh, military subject part. Well, that too, yes. And, 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 and more and more... Uh, people are completely disconnected from the military and military hardware, certainly, and, you know, don't know an F-16 from a battleship. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. Keep up the great work, uh, Chris. Really, uh, really like your new show. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that very much. That's, uh, that is very nice, very nice of you. Um, 
I and I, I really didn't go there because uh, because of that, but uh, two in a row, very uh, very nice. Now let me see what I can uh, get to uh, because uh, mailbag I was supposed to get to yesterday, and I failed because there was too much crazy that the Democrats put on the table. But let me see if I can get to uh, some of these from Ray Dorman. Ray Dorman, one of my best friends, the guy named Bill Dorman, says, I'm seeing less junk mail. Does this mean the economy is uh, slowing as it circles the drain? <laughs> uh, I don't know the answer to that. I, I wish that I were seeing less junk mail. I was going through my mail this morning, and I was saying, it's obvious that my email address has been uh, put out there and sold because I get... I get uh, mail from uh, you know the most ridiculous things. If you're getting less less junk junk mail, you know it's possible that you don't respond to. I, I don't really either, but it's possible you don't respond to your junk mail, and therefore you fall off of lists over time. I uh, but if you can figure out why you're getting less junk mail, you should publish it because I think everyone would like to follow. T-Bone, T-Bone, in with a question. Do you think Vivek Ramaswamy would be a good running mate for Donald Trump? Vivek Ramaswamy is a very interesting guy, very bright. I I met him once briefly at a Daily Caller dinner here in Washington where he spoke, actually. And uh, when he spoke, I said, and this was uh, a year ago-ish, and I said, wow, this guy is really sharp and on top of his game, and he speaks very, very well. And he's uh, very successful. He's become very wealthy at a very young age. He's 37 years old. And he is um, very, I'm going to say articulate again. He's very, very articulate. He uh, makes a case very well. He's very passionate um, and, uh, again, very well spoken. And he makes his case very clearly. I think if he chooses a future in politics, that he's got a brilliant future in politics. A running mate... For Donald Trump, I would not rule out. I would not rule out at all. Um, you know, there are there is you know all this uh, box checking. You want a woman. You want a woman who's uh, you know WOC woman of color or something like that. I don't think President Trump falls into those traps. But I think Vivek Ramaswamy is. You know, you keep him at the table. You keep him on the list. I don't know who else. I'm trying to think of who else there might be. And the more I go through the list of uh, possibilities, the maybe the more Vivek Ramaswamy rises on the list. Fascinating life, fascinating uh, uh, figure, incredibly successful, uh, lots and lots of uh, millions and millions of dollars, and uh, that's why he's poking around in politics. And he and he really, let me say this: he really loves the United States of America, and he gets what we're all about, and and he explains it all very very well. And we need more of that. So let me say that about uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And uh, go Knowles with the question. You talked about a national vote movement. I was talking about the uh, in Minnesota, there, uh, they, the governor signed a law last month, I think. The Democrats are trying to do away with the Electoral College because they hate the United States of America and they're not on our side. But uh, Go Knowles says, you talked about the national vote movement. Would this be subject to judicial review uh, once we get to 270 states and the law of the land? Because what the left is doing in the United States, and they call themselves Democrats, but they're not Democratic at all, 
They're pushing to do away with the Electoral College and to pack the Supreme Court and to pack the Senate because they're, they're very, very corrupt people and they don't respect our institutions at all. They want to destroy them. And in Minnesota, I told the story the other day, their, their plan is to uh, rally states across the country, around the country, um, that will total 270 electoral votes, which is what you need to become president. And they're going to say, well, in Minnesota, whatever the popular vote is nationwide, Minnesota will throw their 10 electoral votes to whoever, like Hillary Clinton won the popular vote uh, 2016, but President Trump won the Electoral College, therefore became president. So they hate everything, right? And they want to destroy everything. And uh, would it be subject to judicial review? It would be because it's unconstitutional. What they're doing is unconstitutional. They're seeking to subvert the Constitution, and it would most definitely be subject to uh, constitutional challenge and judicial review, and they must be stopped. Joey says, Hi, Chris. Which of these two Cold War presidents would you prefer to meet and interview? Dwight Eisenhower or John F. Kennedy? Both men were fascinating and effective, but could not have been less alike. Thank you. Looking forward to your insight. Joey from Valparaiso, Indiana. That's uh, that's uh, Joey from Valparaiso, Indiana, and that is a kind of a fun question. And and I, I was talking about Dwight Eisenhower a couple of days ago here because my a friend my friend Pat and I were having beers and we were talking about Eisenhower as you might you know. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower is an absolutely fascinating, extraordinary character, and and a Supreme Allied Commander World War II. John F. Kennedy, Navy PT boat uh, skipper in uh, World War II, uh, got blowed up a bit by the Japanese. And and of course, you know, you'd uh, the you know, the I was going to say the women, you know, John F. Kennedy, that'd be another topic of conversation altogether with John F. Kennedy. It's a tough call because honestly, uh, Joey, it'd be great to talk to both of them and either one of them. Now, if I were forced to choose one and not the other, I'd have to say Dwight Eisenhower because Supreme Allied Commander, World War II, Operation Overlord, the invasion of Normandy, the liberation of Europe from the Socialist Workers' Party of, of uh, Adolf Hitler. Uh, I, I've got to say, um, of the two, but, you know, Kennedy would be no slouch either. You know, he wouldn't be a bore either. So we got that going for us. Um, and Ken asked, with your experience in politics, do you see the country recovering from the current political plague? Uh, I'm an optimist, and I do, but I honestly think that it is a generational issue now. It goes to education and, uh, you know, the indoctrination, brainwashing uh, of so many and, uh, and so on. Um, but yes, yes, I do. But a uh, long time. And we must, you know, as uh, their boy, Chairman Mao, used to say, each march of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And uh, we've got to start. And in fact, I've got some of that transgender stuff and children in school stuff coming up. So Dr. D says, when did Al Gore claim to have invented the Internet? He said he was there when it was invented. And I can find that because that is very well documented, I've got to say. I've got to say. I've got one more I want to get to. Um, yeah, you can find when Al Gore. He didn't say, I invented it. He said, I was there when it was invented. So then we decided, since he was the senior ranking government official, decided to give him credit for inventing the Internet. You know. And then Al Gore. Superstorm Sandy. You know. I've got breaking news for all of you out there in America land, though. Joe Biden has a dangerous plan to force all of us into the digital dollar 
And the plan really kicks into gear in just a couple of weeks. And no matter what they tell you, don't uh, believe them on this. It's something that will not help you or any of us. And if you don't take action lickety-split, it might be too late. The Federal Reserve will be deployed in phases, the initial launch taking place July 1st, just weeks away. It's called Fed Now, and a whole lot of us Americans, we're going to be taken completely off guard. Everything you've worked for your whole life is very much at stake, but there is a way that we can take legal action to opt out of the digital dollar before it's too late. Time to call my friends at American Alternative Assets and get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will educate you on how you can protect yourself from the failing American dollar, the volatile stock markets, and invest in gold and silver in your IRAs. Tax protected. Call them at 888 the number 4 gold 20 call them now at 888-446-5360 don't let joe biden and the lunatics force you to use government's new digital dollar call 888 the number 4 gold 20 call now 888-446-5360 individual results may vary there's no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results seek your own legal tax investment and financial advice before opening an account yeah um Great questions, though, as as always, and uh, and I've got one more good one coming up too. And someday everyone will say, "Thank you, Al Gore. You're super awesome." The end. All right, I uh, we did a little research for Doctor D, who asked, "When did Al Gore claim to have invented the internet?" And I actually was being too generous with Al Gore. So, Dr. D, this is for you. Uh, March 9th of 1999, Al Gore appeared on CNN with Wolf Blitzer, and uh, he took credit for creating the Internet. During my service in the United States Congress, uh, I took the initiative in creating the Internet. During my service in the United States Congress, I took the initiative in creating the Internet, and... uh, and then Tipper said, uh, there is Superstorm Sandy. And, and uh, that's what he said. That's what he said. Now, Mark Tucker asked Mr. Plant, what do you really think of, of Krispy Kreme Christie? Christie, Krispy, that'd be Chris Christie. That's uh, the great one, Mark Levin's nickname for Chris Christie. Krispy Kreme Crispy. And now what he calls him, the Cape Cod Orca? The Cape the Cape May? Cape May. That's, yeah, of course, Cape May, not Cape Cod. Cape May Orca, um, yeah. Well, I think that you know he might be fun to have a beer with. It might get too loud after a while, but I don't think he has what it takes to be elected president of the United States or really to be president of the United States. But he can be a governor of New Jersey. This is for real. It is not made up. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.